welcome to the Empire Dynasty League podcast. Your hostess with the mostess podcast is bringing you host prelim weekend. We have the number one and two seed joining us. Benny, are you here? I'm here, Hod. Sound down. Bit flat. What can I say? Bit flaccid. Yeah, I'm Thais, 7.45am. Oh. Have we got, uh, have we got Keeney at maybe a bit more north, a bit 8.45ish? <laughs> Fuck off, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Boys. You're on. Uh, We're on. We're on. Yep. You know what? We've had plenty of plenty of days to get over um, those disappointing losses, but I'm sure we will delve into them very, very in depth. We're not going to shy away from it. We've jumped on to do the pod to dive in to actually reward the two blokes that made the final. So um, before we, oh yeah, go hard. What did you want to say? Before we do, don't you jump in and take over just yet? Because I've been playing some golf with the fellow league members this week. And the ongoing theme is that you two, the one and two seed, have had an awful stench of hubris this whole season. More so, if I'm being honest from the feedback, it's your way, Ben. So take that in your stride. But zero wins between us last week. We didn't represent the pod very well. So number one and two, you're out in straight sets. Unfortunately, what happened? We'll start with you, Benny. You were number one, the hot favorite. Just give us a little snapshot as to how you're feeling. Uh, really just actually how you're feeling, and we'll dive into a bit more later. Yeah, shithouse. I fucking hated every second of it. I reckon I've watched more NFL in than I have this season, just in this week alone. I reckon I watched every second of every fucking game. And I call bullshit to the hubris. I feel like... That has just been a title that has been put on us. Uh, but that's all right. You got to have enemies. You got to have underdogs. You got to have uh, the people to hate. So it's all good. Before I roll over to number two, uh, do you have any idea who may be throwing around those accusations? Oh, another bloke who maybe has had hubris thrown around his way a few times. <laughs> Another bloke that, because uh, I'm looking at your hair and you've lost a lot. The, the sides have just fucked off. They fucked uh, right the top off. Top strong. So maybe another bloke with not so much hair in this league is throwing some weight around, which I love. Now, Keeney, talk us through it, mate. You've uh, you've had a big year. It's fair to say, but was this the biggest week you've had? Without question, um, it's the most important week. Of, of the year for me, no no doubt. But um, you say the one and two seed were bundled out in straight sets. Well, I'll just tell you, we've, what are we? We're, we're into year three. The one and two seeds are one and five in their first week uh, off the bye so far in this league. So the four, five, and six seed doing a lot of damage uh, coming in. Um, but in terms of my game, I mean, I'm probably in a different headspace to Ben. I'm feeling all right about it. I scored 95, so whoever I played, I was losing. Um, and my team just wasn't good enough on the day. I mean, fucking Russell Wilson can fuck right off. Um, 
and a few of my other players can fuck right off too. So apart from that, I was beaten by a better man, and uh, he's as I said, he's got a very nice squad, and I wish both our finalists all the best this week. Well, it is. It's a tale of uh, two teams, really. You, your team is probably one of the more stacked, um, definitely skill position players of any. But uh, it's sort of you sort of want to just stink it up and not go through the selection crisis that maybe one other uh, went through. But we'll dive through all that later. Benny, thank you for letting me host the first few minutes. I'll throw it back to the illustrious leader. No worries. Thanks for driving that knife. Right in uh, to start the pot off. Love it. and uh, But I, I will say that we've currently got a couple of guests just waiting in the wings. And as much as it hurts, obviously, to completely fuck up last week and miss out on the final, uh, it's actually going to make for a very entertaining final and one that I can happily sit back and just watch it unfold and maybe not lose another 10 years of my life hoping that fucking passes go away or someone doesn't catch a ball, fucking Leonard Fournette. Anyway, that being said... There's uh, some people waiting at the door. And we welcome to the pod the two members of the Empire Bowl 3. That's what we're going to roll with for the name of this showdown, and that uh, is the manager of the OJ's legal team and the Gym City Stallions. Jake and Jim, how are you, boys? Good, mate. How are you? Off to a flyer. I should probably go one at a time. Jake, how are you? I'm doing very well, gentlemen. How are you all? We, uh, two of us have seen better days. Hod's fucking loving life. (laughs) Jim, how are you, buddy? Oh, I'm good. How good's that six seed? You ripper. Mate, just takes another scalp, the six seed. It's it's unbelievable. You do say loving life. I I was talking to a few boys, um, a lot about, about this to Papa. But it is very refreshing being down the, the southern end in Dynasty. There is no stress whatsoever. It's been a very fun year. But in saying that, you always want to be up the pointy end. And I look forward to losing years off my life when I get back up there. But it is very much, uh, very much enjoyable down the bottom. It's, it's uh, the hairs here. Ben, it's all up here. That is fair. I have always heard that you do prefer being a bottom, uh, so that's good <laughs> to know there, Hod. We'll uh, we'll quickly jump in now that we've got the two extra guests on. We'll jump into our normal format and kick it off with some news. Every newsman in this city is laughing at us, and I don't like it. And we're going to just start... Uh, we're just going to touch on a bit of a theme here, and that's quarterbacks, because I feel like, obviously, in a Superflex league, quarterbacks are key and they're king. The first one, Jake, is uh, the Derek Carr news that's come out. Just talk us through. Is it is it a blessing? Is it uh, just frustrating to obviously get the news that he's been officially benched for the STID? Uh, how are you feeling about that? I don't know if it's a blessing. It does give me one less thing to think about, but I think if I had my choice, I'd rather him play, uh, even though he hasn't been the most consistent or well-performing quarterback in the year, I think I'd prefer to just play two QBs, knowing that their floor should be higher than the skill position play, and I'm sort of really relying on, uh, ideally, a touchdown to sort of have that mediocre quarterback score, so uh, certainly not ideal going into uh, the last the last weekend of the, of the season, but uh, he's not the only quarterback with some uh, some doubt Oh my, he, he no longer has doubt, but 
There's a couple of others floating out there at the moment, which hopefully might make it a bit more of an even playing field going into the weekend. Ooh. And um, I don't want to jump the gun here early, but you said it gives me one less thing to think about. I would counter that and actually say it might give you multiple things to think about because there's one thing to stick a QB in the Superflex, but when you don't have that option and you've got a lot of nice depth players on your bench that can easily just roll into the Superflex, what's your mindset around that? Do you give Tim McMahon a call? Is that something that you'd think about? <laughs> because he is the king of finding a tutty. It's true. Any super flex? No, Tim can go fuck himself. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was going to ask: do, do you even have his number? <laughs> no, nah, fuck the dog. <laughs> um, no, nah, in terms of uh, because he's not my only massive question. Well, he's out. Uh, Pollard severely questionable at the moment. I'm really not sure whether or not he's going to get up. And there's a couple others. So I think there is a little bit of. Um, uh, I'm just going to have to play whatever's available, to be completely honest. Uh, I don't think I'm actually going to have that many selection dramas this week. It'll be you know, Pollard in if he's healthy. If not, he comes out for either Juju or Lockett, and one of them plays in the flex. If Lockett plays, if he's available, he'll play. I'll start him instead of Juju. Uh, and if there's any doubt about whether or not he'll play at all, it'll just be Juju. So as much as I've got nice-ish pieces, it's sort of there's a little bit of a tier gap between my real depth and guys I'm willing to start in the final. Now, I kind of feel like Jake's flexing here. He's flexing a bunch of skill depth that he has that his opponent might not have. But one man's trash is another man's treasure. And I've just seen that Jim has slid the stid straight into the Stallions lineup today. Not into the lineup, but into the squad. Oh, and now it seems... That Jim has a plethora of QBs to play. You've got Hertz, who's questionable. Even old balls Rogers has popped up on the injury report this week. Very likely to play. But if they both were to miss Jim, do you taunt the great man here and just slide the stid in just to rub salt into the wound? Well, I might do it anyway. Just uh, <laughs> a few wine games yeah. to start the uh, start the week off. I thought I'd add $2 on to see if I could get Stidham, and obviously I did. So uh, he'll just sit in uh, in my depth positions there and see. we'll see what happens, shall we? That feels like a real play against the fantasy gods, if I've ever I've heard one, to play the opposing backup QB against the player that's got that original QB. I don't know if the fantasy gods would uh, look too fondly upon that. Jake, what do you reckon? Uh, no, I think fortune favours the brave. I think it's, <laughs> it's a little gimmick. If, if they weren't playing Sanford this week, I would have had a massive crack at Stidham as well. It's the matchup was the only reason I didn't have a crack because Carr would stink it up against that, that, <laughs> that defence and I would be sitting there gritting my teeth every single time he fucking throws the ball. So you can have Stidham against uh, Sanford, to be honest. See, I, I'm just watching Jim just suck down a dart and he's just blowing smoke right over this smoke screen that you're playing here. This is great Champ- mind games from the outset. Championship dart. <laughs> he's called it. Hey, we're, we're jumping the guns a little bit here. We're getting into, obviously, yeah. the the preview of the matchup here, but we've got a lot to get through in regards to just a recap of how you guys actually made the final uh, as... As much as a lot of people, I think, are going to enjoy that side of listening to this podcast. So we won't skip over that. We'll let the listeners listen to the uh, parts that they care about. 
Yeah, and just before we go on to the next bit of the news, Ben, I just from from a dynasty point of view, Derek Carr, it's it's probably not just like it's not a terrible thing next year. He's gonna he's gonna play somewhere. There's a lot of teams that uh, would love Derek Carr to be their starting QB. So it's a it's an interesting decision from from the Raiders here um, to have a look at what they've got in Sidham. They clearly don't believe in Carr, or they don't think Carr's going to be there next year. I don't think so. Um, I think there's quite a few nice landing spots for him. So for dynasty purposes, I think it's all right. Can I just quickly add in here before we move on the Derek Carr thing? The thing I find interesting is that um, Devontae Adams, Keeney, who you have, went to uh, the Raiders because he had a connection there with Carr in college. Do you think this has any effect over um, yeah, what his intentions are? I know he signed a multi-year contract, Jake. Yeah, no, I think he's already come out in an interview basically saying that he went there for Carr and he's likely to go if Carr goes. So There you um, go. What, I, if, what if in a world Brady goes fucking over Tampa and then Vegas goes, well, let's get, um, what's the coach's name? Fucking McDaniels. McDaniels. Get him to reconnect with Brady. Do you think that's enough to keep Adams around? Uh, oh, personally, no. Um, yeah, he was I shit think, last week. Yeah, I think that, I think that Brady's probably almost done his. Th- the, the The league needs to throw in the white towel on behalf of Tom Brady and say all thirty of us don't don't want you to tarnish your legacy anymore. Just hang him up. He's he's done. But no, I don't. I don't think Devontae Adams will be at Vegas next year. If, well, clearly Carr isn't. They're showing their hand. He's what is he twenty nine. Um, he's not going to be in a situation where they're sort of going through a mini rebuild with someone that he doesn't know. I think he lands as a contender, which would be huge for Keeney and for him. I think he could slot into – he'd go to Chicago if he wants. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. Yeah, let's do it. And just quickly touching on, and this is unrelated to the two finalists here, but just two interesting quarterback uh, bits of news here. And we'll get your thoughts on it, boys. But the tour uh, news here about the other – concussion that he has uh, experienced. I think he pronounced his name like this after the game. Yeah, he came up to me and tried to give me the old good tag whatever you <laughs> pronounce his last name. Very good. We shouldn't really laugh about concussion but Jesus, this is... Uh, <laughs> well, we will. This is, I mean, any chance to get that sound grab, but this is worrying signs. That's three concussions in one season uh, for a young bloke. Uh, I mean, I said it off air, but this is almost feels like grounds for years down the track, a lawsuit to come out against the Miami Dolphins when this bloke's career gets cut 10 years short. Well, it's it's awfully concerning, boys. I mean, the DFF has three concussions a week, and look how that has fucking ended up. <laughs> it's a basket case. So, Tua, condolences, my friend. But, yeah, very concerning, boys. What do, what do we think? Uh, is Camo got uh, reason to be concerned here? Maybe start with Jim as the fellow division man. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think you're right that, you know, 10 years down the track, there could be a lawsuit coming on. I mean, three, the hits he's had this year have been pretty nasty. And obviously, we go back to the second one where he, his own hands were, you know, in the air and, you know, they put him on ice for a little bit there. So I think there's certainly some concern. I mean, could you imagine Steph throwing the ball to you every week? That's pretty, pretty fucking bad. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You you say he's got some worries ten years down the track. I'm, I'm I find this interesting. If if week two next year he gets a concussion, mm. like where, where's his career at? You know, I think it's a it's a real 
uh, his sort of career is teetering a little bit with this. It's it's a big risk for for Camo to hold him, and you probably do. You have to hold him from a dynasty point of view. But there's there's a world where he just thinks, you know what, the safety in my future life is more important than playing this game and getting concussed two more times. So we'll see well, what happens. Hasn't he been given that option already? And isn't it him that said he wants to come back and he wants to play? I don't think anyone's holding a gun to his head saying, you must and you, you need to get back now. I think the doctor, even in that game, Terrence, said he didn't show the signs or the, or the whatever to be concussed when clearly he's not in a good way. I think um, those sort of the repeat nature of what he's gone through. Now it's sort of the Paddy McCartan situation where he gets like a, a grazing knock or something that's a little bit more innocuous and it KOs him. Like that's that's not good sign of healthy so a healthy brain and healthy sort of neck and everything that supports it. I'd be horrified. Um, I, I was actually shocked that he came back as fast as he did after the hands of God moment where he was stuck there frozen to the ground. I thought that was a quick turnaround to start with. So I'd be... Yeah, I'd be horrified as a Dolphins fan or as Camo, to be honest. Not only quick to come back, but he flew home and watched McGruber with McDaniels on the way home. So that was uh, he recovered really quickly. <laughs> yeah, I think the this is the second time the diagnosis has been pretty bad for Tua. Because are we are we sure it's a concussion or is he colorblind after those three picks in the last quarter? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not overly sure it's concussion, to be honest. But I do like in this, uh, Keeney, you went down the path of week two next year as a hypothetical. It it does remind me of Andrew Luck. Not mm. concussions, but mm-hmm. just the repeat injury after injury. It took a toll on him mentally. Um, took a toll on me mentally and still does. But, um, yeah, I liken it to that. A real young, up-and-coming, we don't know if two is a superstar yet, but he has every chance in that offense to be one. So it is, I agree with Jake, very concerning for all involved. And just quickly, just before we finish, the, it's interesting because the narrative around Tua before the season started was the Dolphins weren't sure on him. Mm. And there was rumours going around that they wanted Brady, they wanted Sean Payton, they wanted Deshaun, a lot of other things. Deshaun, last they, offseason. Deshaun yeah. Watson. So is this a franchise that don't fully believe in him? Now he's got these issues. Is it just something where the Dolphins want to wipe their hands clean of him a little bit as well? I think there's a lot of complications going on with Tua. And, um, yeah, as you said, Jake, I'm, I wouldn't be a huge fan of holding him dynasty-wise at the moment. It's a tough one because who – I mean, if Camo chooses to sell him, you're already capping yeah. your, what you can sell him for just off this alone. So I, I reckon uh. you may be after the – concussion he came back from from in the middle of the season you might have been able to still get away with it when he had a few wins together after this the three in the one season it just is cause for alarm and speaking about not being able to sell a bloke for much our next player ben <laughs> who's oh, that my goodness who's, who could this be well it's a dff special he's done it again <laughs> zacky wilson boys now, we shouldn't we shouldn't laugh but the man has just been pumping milfs all off season, <laughs> and he's just with that he's forgotten how to throw. I don't know what's happened, but the guy's lacking confidence, which is ironic because of his off season escapades. But what is going on with Zach Wilson? Hod, you watched him play. He looks horrific. It's uh, pure finger fatigue. I think he's had a bitty. He's had a bitty off season. Um, I, I honestly don't know. I had I rang Steph shortly after the first benching 
And I really felt that just the way that he handled himself, it was immature, lack of accountability mm. um, about when they they dished up three points, I think, and the defense played lights out. I really thought it was just the coach making a point to a young up-and-coming player. That's not how you handle yourself with a team. Have a week off and you'll be back. But this has been the complete opposite. I've said to you boys off air, I haven't watched a lot of football this year. Very much so with the Jets, but it's pretty obvious. Like if he's being benched again, it's it's really concerning for what was he the number two pick? Yeah, number two overall pick, yeah. and not just yeah. he's been benched for the rest of the season. I don't, I don't think he's it's not just, benched. He's not suited. Yeah, enough. he's just yeah, exactly right, Jim. I think the worst part was that as soon as he got benched, they actually could move the football. Mm. Like yeah. it didn't matter who was playing quarterback. So Mike White obviously has come in earlier, and and he moves the football quite well. And then whoever the fuck came in last week, literally as soon as he came in, I was watching it and, yeah, he made a few runs um, and I think I called him the Kmart Lamar. But he was moving He was moving the ball. He was throwing decent passes when he did throw. Like, it, it's just strange to see a number. And I said this in the group chat as well, and I think, Jake, you answered me. I said, was he actually good in college? Because I, I genuinely had no idea. And looking at him now, he looks like a spud, so... I think this is the the reason why you have a 50-50 uh, result with drafted QBs of success and bust, and that is you just can't you can't forecast how they're going to go mentally dealing with every bit of pressure that comes with being a QB, and he's in a big market in New York. Obviously, the weight of the world on his shoulders that they were actually looking good. A few things didn't go his way, and clearly how he's handled himself. Uh, it's Yeah, I mean, it, it does seem like it's all above the shoulders right now. Uh, and very different, obviously, with what Tua's going through above the shoulders. His is just, yeah, how he's handling himself in these situations. Question without notice, Jake. Um, if you were to reach out to the DFF, what what's the price tag you're putting on Zach Wilson to acquire him on the DFF? A serious question. Would you would you give up a third rounder for him? Yep. Second? Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd probably lean between a high third, late second. Mm. Genuinely, I, I think that's where he probably lands. Uh, if if there was a little bit more uh, understanding of if he had another landing spot, like he's likely to be a backup somewhere else, but if there was a circumstance where you thought he could sort of fall himself into at least a competition for a spot next year, I think you'd give up a second-round pick for, for possibly a starting quarterback with a one-year shelf life at best. Uh, but at this stage, he's probably, yeah, that, that middle second or third. You, I see you nodding there, Jim. Are you ref- referencing your 2029 second, or what are you doing there? <laughs> we'll have to wait till after the after the draft to see to find out. You've already <laughs> sold all four, have you? What, <laughs> no, not yet. As no. a comparison, do you think that he's trending on a similar path to like a Mitch Trubisky? High pick, uh, doubters when he got drafted. Obviously, some people thought it was a good pick. Some people disagreed. And he's now kind of just perpetually going to be a backup for his career. The only thing that I'll say, even like in a Mitch Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky has, a higher, has had a higher peak in the NFL. Mm. Mitch Trubisky made playoffs with the Bears who were pretty average. Um, that might have been what his peak could have been, but in terms of actually going and having done it in the NFL, Zach Wilson's done absolutely nothing. Like I, I, I struggle to actually think of who was the bloke taken um, – Chad, he went to the Pennington. Pennington, 
Is that his yeah. name? No, nah, he had I think a good like career. That, he was a really he was a top pick. Everyone thought the world of him. Oh no, no. Are you thinking of well, the? No. What about Lawrence. the bloke who who Dallas took money Manzel? It's a similar no. type of pick to that. Yeah. Cleveland. It was Johnny, Cleveland, I think. Johnny Manziel has a higher pick than fucking Zach Wilson at this point. Johnny Manziel won games. Like he was – Tim Tebow had a better NFL career than fucking Zach Wilson. Like, so true. Has he, has he got a bit of Sam Darnold about him? I bet. <laughs> yeah, it's not, not a bad comparison and also just funny from an irony point of view. If I can argue on behalf of the DFF, doesn't Zach Wilson have a winning record in the NFL this year? Oh, does he? Well, he was five and yeah. two at one stage, or something that yeah. I saw the, the DFF I think, stats. I think he look. I think, I think he does. I think their defense is. Yeah, I was going to awesome. say. I reckon so, wins is a is a questionable measure mm-hmm. when you've got that defense. Um, the defense is awesome, and I think they know it, and they need to make, make a change to help them win games. And I'm I'm intrigued though, Jake. You're saying you're pretty adamant on his ceiling is not great, yet you're willing to part with a second. A high second mm-hmm. or low second, however you want to. Late. Late second. Let's, we'll go over that. Um, that's still a fair bit of capital for someone you don't. It, it's more a comment around what he's currently done versus. I, I, I replied to Jim. I, I watched him in college and think from a, a technical ability standpoint as a QB, uh, has shown plenty at that level. And if you're going to have a crack, I mean, there's only 30 of them or whatever that start every week. So if you've got an opportunity to get one who's starting for a second-round pick, which is a bit of a dart throw anyway, uh, I think it'd be worth having a crack at that in terms of his currency or what he's worth. But if you're actually asking what I think of what he's done in comparison to other previously had done in NFL quarterbacks, he's done less than fuck all. Well... It's uh, what we do know about Zach Wilson is he's got a, a career ahead of him. It'll be on milfhunter.com. So that's the bright asset to have for the DFF. And I think Manny would uh, argue, though, there's there's still room for quarterbacks to be a backup somewhere and go to a few different teams because yeah. Gino is now a pro bowler and probably a better asset than Russell Wilson at this stage who he left for. So... There is a world where um, it can turn around for Zach Wilson. Much a, a much more rare outcome, but you're right, has happened. Um, we'll just quickly move on. Uh, actually, we might just cover this. The, the other player we're going to talk about is on Jim's roster, so we might just cover this in the preview. But let's let's quickly uh, cast our minds back to last week, and and that was the semi-finals that saw uh, the Park City Lions defeated by the Jim City Stallions by two points. Went right down to the wire. Um, I got a sense, Jim, that you were you were just out living your best life, not watching a second of this game, and I was glued to every fucking painful second of this game uh, because there was there was a late moment where it looked like I could have pulled out a touchdown with Brady, even though it wasn't deserved because he played woeful for that entire game. But uh, talk us through, Jim, how how you feel, obviously going in, how you felt going into the game, and uh, and what do you think just got you over the line? Uh, so when the, the news of Hurts being, uh, well, you know, being out, I thought I was no chance, to be honest. I look back at our previous score, I think you, you smashed me by 80 points or something like that. And I thought, oh fuck, I've got, I've got absolutely no chance here. So 
Um, and then obviously with Zay Jones in the first game, I scored the the one one point two or whatever it was, and I said, "Oh, this is it. Just uh, I'll just enjoy the rest of this week." And obviously being Christmas um, and having the kids here, I've had a, a busy week. So on Boxing Day, I didn't even bother to check the check the scores. I was out uh, for lunch with my my parents, and um, my phone was fucking blowing up. Matt McMahon, who doesn't text anyone on time, <laughs> was texting me, and he was like, "Jim, are you checking the score?" And I was like. Not a chance. I was like, I've I've had my fourth plate of lunch. I'm uh, I'm rolling. <laughs> I'm rolling home literally. So yeah, I had no idea. And then obviously after the after um after lunch, I quickly checked the uh, score and saw that uh, playoff Lenny was having a game, and uh, Tom Brady wasn't. And uh, you know, I will take it as as a win. Obviously, there's so, a few. Yeah, it's good. There's a few players I want to touch on. I reckon some unsung heroes of the Stallions. The the one at the top of the list for me, and I know some people might jump to to playoff Lenny, but it's got to be Jared Goff. This bloke yep. is QB nine on the season. You got him basically for a bag of chips, um, off Thais. You got you gave up Paris Campbell in a twenty five second, a second, yeah, but it's twenty twenty five. It's a long way off. Paris Campbell was just a bit of a throw in for a QB in a superflex league. I think that you have done extremely well. It's just really, it's given you a couple of pillars to have in your team every week. And it just means that, you know, let's let's put it in reality. He doubled, more than doubled Brady's score. That is a fucking great return on a bloke that you got pretty cheap. Yeah. Um, I mean, I looked at Goff and looked at the Detroit Lions offense and uh, how woeful their defense is. And he's going to throw the ball 40 times a game because they, they're going to be down. Um and with with the caliber of receivers he's got, I thought you know he's going to put up some points. There were obviously some weeks where he didn't he didn't do a lot, and I played I think I played Rogers over him in those weeks, thinking that Rogers was going to do better. Um, but then I don't think since week probably fourteen I've I've taken him out of the superflex spot just because um, like I said his his, his offense is awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly right. He's scoring a minimum of eighteen or fifteen to eighteen points a game, and he's got such a high ceiling and yeah, it's good. I um, I know you don't have him anymore, um, and you've traded him to your rival this week. But who would have thought a little third-round pick known as the Sun God may have been behind? Why you have Goff on your roster? Because um, you would have had a vested interest in the Lions, and it's probably turned out that you watched the off-season. I think I think they were on the um. What's that show? Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks. Um, got a bit of attention. But, yeah, I agree. I, I, I invested in golf in another league for the same reasons, Jim. And I, th- I think um, you tell us if I'm wrong. But um, probably having St. Brown uh, gave you a bit of a look in to what the Detroit offense can do. Yeah, definitely. And and obviously who they drafted in the, in the first round of the, the, the rookie draft as well. Um, I knew at some point he'd come back and they'd have more options and he'd have more people to throw to. Um, I thought Swift would probably get a bigger role this year and he'd be more of a pass-catching back. Uh, Jamal Williams has obviously been awesome, so, um, you know, that, that didn't work out. But in saying that, you look at the two sides of, of their receive, like their receiver core and it's it's awesome and their defense sucks. So he's just going to throw, 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 and, and that's, that's where I got him for. It so. sure does suck their defense. And a player that you uh, confidently rolled out this week was Chuba Hubbard, 
who just came up against their defense. And boy, could they not stop the run. This guy had a 70-yard uh, breakaway play in the first quarter, I believe. Finished with 125 yards off 12 carries. Just a great start in the end in your flex spot there. And an old playoff Lenny. Boy, did he deliver again. You needed him to outscore Brady, essentially, was, was the matchup it came down to. And the bloke, not only did he turn back the clock a little bit and just rip off, you know, decent chunk plays on the ground, he was catching fucking everything. It was doing my absolute head in. He was catching one-yard passes, and every single time I'm going, that's point five to Jim, that's fuck all to Brady, point five to Jim again. It was just unbelievable. I, and and every every bit of play that was positive for the Bucks in that game, and you weren't watching it, there wasn't a lot, but every single one of them went through Fournette. So he was the perfect player to have in that game, and he ripped off the 20.7, one of your best players on the week. I get the sense that you were watching that game, Ben. I'm not sure if you were, but it uh, sounds like you may have tuned in. Just going back to, um, I suppose, Jake's point about Zach Wilson and a second-round pick, this is a pretty good example of what you're saying, mate, is Jim, Jim's gone in the off-season and grabbed Jared Goff, who not a sexy name at, at, by any stretch, but in a Superflex league, to have the starting QB and only give up a second-round pick, as you said, Ben, in three years' time. It's proved to be a, a pretty pretty great trade, and there's a good chance that he'll be back next year. I think initially I thought Goff might have this year and he'd be gone, but um, he's played well enough, obviously, that um, they might roll with him. I, ben, you got something on that? No, I, I absolutely agree. I'm The last player I'm going to touch on, because we do need to jump to the other game as well here, um, for you, Jim, is a player that also happened to feature on Jake's team at one point, and that's Devonta Smith. This guy was fucking elite. He had 12 targets, 8 catches, 113 yards and 2 touchdowns and just looked unstoppable. You picked him up. You paid a bit for him. You gave up Keenan Allen, Davis Mills and a 23 third to Camo, who got him off Jake for Pollard a first and a second. So, you know, you cashed in on him, Jake. Obviously, you've seen what he's producing now. Uh, would you like maybe to have Devonta Smith on your roster rather than Pollard? Let's just put it in those terms. I know picks are picks, but going into the final, what would you be happier with? Uh, I mean, this week I'd love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I mean, this is the week you only care about to have another ring. Yeah. No, I, I think overall, no, I'm pretty happy with sort of the way that played out. And I think I cashed in and first round pick to get a first, a second, and Pollard, who's been amazing this year, is probably nothing to. Uh, to uh, be upset about. Uh, Devontae Smith is actually someone I did try and get back when Jim and I were discussing the Amon Ra and, um, and Fournette trade. Smith is one that I had on the uh, on the conversation a lot uh, and one that sort of Jim just didn't obviously want to part with, which but I can obviously understand. And um, He's an elite talent. He went on Heisman for a reason from the wide receiver position. Like As gifted technically as a receiver can get, it was only a question on his frame, and I think he's already sort of proven most people wrong on his frame. And uh, with that offense being so high-powered and A.J. Brown coming in and providing so much additional space and got it sort of hovering through the middle of the field, it really does open up those wider positions where he can just dominate one-on-one. So... Um, no, he's a great get, and uh, I'm really hoping he does fuck all this week. <laughs> now, Ben, I know you're trying to move on very quickly here, and you've done a wonderful job of talking about how well Jim did last week, but the league doesn't give a shit about that. We give a shit about, and I say we, the rest of us, we want to know about how shit a job you did. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, one that jumps out for me is you lost by two and you left a 30-burger on the bench in the big Kittle bomb. Now, you've given Jim a little bit of shade on this podcast, and I say a little bit, it's in fun, about seeing a player blow up the week before and then overthinking it, putting him in, blah, blah, blah. Talk us through the Kittle selection because I was flabbergasted when I saw this unfold last week. Um, I'm not going to talk anymore. You're going to talk us through the tiny genius mind of Ben Parker. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Hod. Um, <laughs> there's two two tinkers I made this week and that was, mm. that was taking Trev, Trevor out on the Thursday night game and putting Brady in. Um, there was a little bit of hope that maybe Lamar might be named healthy, but I was pretty confident he wasn't going to be. That was literally just thinking that Brady had the better matchup and was a bit of a safer pick. And then the other one was overthinking the fact that Jim didn't have Hurts and I just needed to play a safer floor. And and I was actually messaging Jake about this last week that having Kittle in the bye put up a 25, I said I'd be every chance to put him in and he'd put up a two or a three and just fucking burn me. So I think I had that in the back of my mind. Washington apparently were a good defense against tight ends. I just fucking overthought the shit out of it. Left a star on the bench and uh, got absolutely burnt for it. So... The safe floor in uh, Mostert, who actually looked good in his first drive. I think he had like 30 yards in three carries. And then just apparently they thought, nah, let's just go with Jeff Wilson for the rest of the game and fuck him off. And uh, Kittle was just catching bombs from the purd. It was great. Now, don't say I don't ever do anything for you, Jim, because I'm always thinking about the best division in world sport. And I, in fact, did trade Mostert to Ben because I knew that he would play him in this game and stink it up against you a little, to advance you to the grand final. Just a little Sonny Weaver Trojan horse situation little, from you, Hod. <laughs> little chess v checkers set up. But uh, without without wanting to rub your nose in it, Ben, you could have had six players play instead of most of the other one. So yeah, yeah, any, yeah, any of those good. six on your bench would have been hey, fine. You know what? Like, yeah, and I've been looking at that, trust me. I've been looking at every fucking decision that I made wrong. But... Jim, your max points. I mine were one hundred and seventy three. Yours was one seventy max points. So, like we both had fucking teams that could have lit it up, and really any decision could have could have swung the game. You had Higby, I think, with a thirty point four on the bench as well. So there were some absolutely monster games. It was a bit of a weird week, but you're right. Just leaving stars on the bench, I, I, I will definitely uh, learn my lesson from this and and watch me uh, not leave a decent player on the bench regardless of matchups ever again, I think is my lesson from this. See, it's it's good, Ben, isn't it? Like so Hod can Hod can come on and give you shit about leaving stars on the bench, whereas see Hod doesn't have one single star in his roster. So he doesn't know what to do with one if he had one. <laughs> that is a complete lie. Mikol not so hardman is an absolute star. <laughs> but you can move on now. Thank you, Ben. All right, thanks, Hod. That's uh, fantastic. We'll move on to the other game that saw uh, another low-scoring affair. Let's just say it was underwhelming in the semis. Uh, 116 to 118 was our game, Jim, and this one was even worse. In fact, both of us would have knocked off these two, and that's not another thing I haven't looked at again and again, and that's Keeney scoring 95 for the grouse and the legal team putting up 108 and just getting the job done. Um, do you want me to throw to you, Keeney, or do you want me to sort of lead some questions here? Have you recovered from this loss? Yeah, I have. As I sort of said at the start, it's 
when you put up 95, you don't expect to win. I, I reckon at the end of last pod, I said, I'm hoping my team can put up 140 and I'm hoping that that's enough. Um, when your team shits the bed and doesn't score any touchdowns, that's what happens. So You were right. Um, it would have been enough. You're right. Yeah, it definitely would have been enough. Look, it, I think we all went into this week thinking it could be a weird-ish week with the weather. There was a lot of games that were affected by wind and snow and rain and all that sort of stuff. Um, so I suppose the, the main one, well, the question I had for Jake actually was, A, did you listen to the pod last week? And B, were you affected by the Derek Carr freezing digits comment I had? And were you worried about old Derek? I was petrified about Derek Carr all week. Uh, not I did listen to the pod, but not because of the pod, just because Derek Carr has been shit all year. Um, <laughs> so I, I had a lot of question marks over over whether or not even to play him at all. But it was it was a strange week. A lot of there was QB changes. There was a lot of things going around that affected not only the QB situation, but then uh, of like a, even Purdy coming in. Like they no doubt was part of the reason why Kittle was sitting on the bench. You're sitting there going, "Am I really going to trust?" a team with Purdy as the QB. And then I did the opposite. I trusted and went, I'm going to take the talent in Hopkins. And that nearly burnt me. 10 targets and the bloke missed him by 10 yards on the row. So it can go completely, completely either way. Higby's done absolutely nothing all year. Forgive Jim for leaving him on the bench. And then he goes and drops a 30-burger. It was a very, very strange, uh, strange week. Now, do you think that you said you listened to the pod Last week, Jake, um, and to be honest, all it was was Keeney talking shit about your players and mind games this and mind games that. Do you think, as a leader of a grand finalist team, do you think he put too much into your squad and he just let his own team down? I think that's an issue across the league. The people Ooh. quite thinking about the other guy rather than just playing their own uh, and thinking about their own squad a little bit more. At the end of the day, there's not much you can control on the other side of the fence. So by trying to play mind games, I don't know how far it really does get you. It was my only move. I had no <laughs> other move on my team. I don't know what you're talking about. Just, just out of interest, who were the ringleaders of that uh, strategy? Of which we will be more specific? Talking about other teams. Playing the man. Uh, oh, well, there's a couple of names, you know. Mostly starting with McMahon, who just <laughs> talk about everyone else's squad rather than just worrying about what the fuck they are doing, like Etienne sitting on your taxi squad, or you know, just just worry about what you're doing, and then they might be okay. Can we? Is... Also has a high concern for what everybody else does, and this year it's shifted to a very very strange half complimentary version of Papa, which I also wasn't into. We've had multiple versions of Papa <laughs> over the course of three years. I'm not sure this was my favourite version. It was probably more tolerable than Zen Papa, but I'd still be one, you know, a little bit, you know, short man syndrome, aggressive, properly nourished Papa. That could be a uh, that could be a pod in itself, just ranking the different Papas that we've had over the years. Well, at the moment, he's ranked 26 in the power ranking, so that's... <laughs> I love it when he's there. <laughs> oh, oh goodness. Hey, just, now, just quickly on the McMahon point there that Jake brought up, um, we, we, we talk about sliding doors moments. Let's, let's say hypothetically that Thais did take Eddie N off the taxi squad many moons ago and, and, did, and did make the playoffs. He, he would be in the grand final. And subsequently, Jim, it would be at the expense of yourself. Um, and he also holds Jim's pick, 
which would have been putting Jim in the same position he's currently in. So he actually would have held the same picks in the draft and he would have been having a crack for a, another title. But no, we'll, we'll move on to uh, to this matchup. I just I thought that's an interesting sliding doors moment. Well, he's an interesting man. And the fact that he didn't set his lineup told me everything I needed to know this week, yes. that he was all over it. He just started a couple of Jaguars, but then decided to empty empty out the starting rosters, put them all on the bench. But I'm here to tell you, he put up a 146 and would have clearly got into the grand final. How's, so there's no doubt about it. How's the irony that he started some Jaguars, as Keeney yes. would put it? But uh, he, he started two players and one of them was Etienne, just to, to really fucking flip his decision on its head. Well, when he put those two players out of his whole lineup, um, that must have been the moment that it went off in his head that every calculator suddenly broke in the world and we couldn't add up the rest of his lineup. How, how long did it take you to work it out, Keeney? Uh, 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> well played, Deus. Now, um, while, we're, while we were on the uh, topic of Jake, or, um, or just previously, you've, uh, it doesn't take you much to reference the gods. Now, you've, you've referenced them a bit earlier in this uh, episode, but just out of interest, what are their names, the gods that you go to? Is it, is it Aphrodite? Is it Zeus? Apollo? How many do you have up Apollo. in that room in your attic? Or Ralph Lauren. They, um, they have no names and they have no faces. It's just whatever I need them to be at the time that I need them. And how many are there? Oh, so many. It's an orgy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It looks like a fucking full-blown Roman orgy in my mind. Every single time this topic comes up, I just look up and hope to get hit by something. Yeah, <laughs> so, I bet you do. <laughs> the collective noun for Jake's gods is an orgy of Pantus gods. Fantasy. <laughs> I enjoyed that. <laughs> fucking fantasy gods. <laughs> Fuck them off. All take right. control, Ben. I'll take control because this is going nowhere fast. Hey, mate, you won by fuck all. You scored fuck all. But a bloke that you got for what I will still argue is the biggest steal in Dynasty was Saquon Barkley. Put up a 23. It's all she wrote, essentially, without him and your team. You might have mm-hmm. had some other options on the bench, but he really drove it home for you. How do you still feel? I know you said uh, back in the off-season that you t- you told Papa you, took- you don't give a fuck about what a calculator says. You took on all the risk. Were you secretly just like, were you giddy on the inside? Were you sort of like giggling like a little schoolgirl? Were you that excited by it? No, I, I swear to God, I was so nervous about that trade. In all honesty, when that went down, I honestly thought that was on a knife's edge. That I knew that if he was healthy, I was going to be the winner. But I genuinely had um, so much fear that he was just going to do one more and be done. Mate. I, there's too many elite athletes who have gone down this path and once they do the second one, it's sort of, it can be riding on the wall. And I just honestly was shitting myself. I'm obviously pretty happy about it now. There, uh, there, is, a, there is a strong rumour, Jake, that when you did do the trade, a soggy biscuit just came down from the fantasy gods and landed on your forehead. There is no way you were nervous about this trade. What are you talking about? I was nervous and the soggy biscuit was mine. Yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah, 
because you were so happy by the trade. Surely, though, like your nerves, your nerves ride on the fact that he doesn't pan out to what you paid for him. But even if he had another injury, he still had value. It's not like you shut up shop. You, you've just you're left with a lemon that you can't resell. You just sell him, cut your losses, and move on. I don't think it was that big a risk that you're making it out to be. Uh, oh well, it's it's fine for you guys to all have an opinion. They're like assholes, and you've both got them. Um, this <laughs> just the two of us. Yeah, just just the two of you. Now, I think it probably played into the fact that I had my strongest position was already running back as well. So I felt like I was taking an unnecessary risk on a position with already of strength. Yeah. If I was taking it on on a 50-50 quarterback or wide receiver, it probably would have – I'd look at more of the upside. But I was looking at it going – and it's happened all year where I'm benching Zeke um, – Fournette, Najee Harris. I, qu- I couldn't play them all. It's the worst. So probably, yeah, it sucks, you know. But Je- I think that's probably what more circumstances for myself where I was like, I'm really uh, honing on a position of strength and for risk I probably don't need to take. So, yeah, no, that's that's a fair way of looking at it. I mean, you, you said that after the trade there was a soggy biscuit. I guess you were looking at it a bit pessimistically that you could say it was two girls, one half full cup. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not bad. Not bad. I, it took um, a while to get there. I, it was a long-winded sort of. You sort of almost had to explain it, but um, <laughs> look, we got there. I got one more question before we move on to what the people have come here to listen to, and that is the uh, the grand final discussion. But Jake, I've just got a question on on what your mindset is around the last game in a matchup. Now you're up fifty. I had a few charges. I had Austin Eckler. Keenan Allen, Gerald Everett, you had Mike Williams. What did you watch the game? Were you watching it closely? What what how how do you go about it when that sort of situation occurs? Uh, no, I went and played golf. <laughs> I went I went and played golf and it was thirty five degrees and I went to the beach instead. I um I couldn't do it. I probably by the time I looked at the score, I think Mike Williams had had uh, four catches for 74 yards or something like that. And there was still time left in the game. I was looking, working. I'm like, he scored 10, you need 60. I'm probably okay. Uh, and I didn't look again. There's a bit of a common theme, isn't there, Keeney, about the two blokes sitting in the the big seat for this week just did not need to watch the games. Um, talk about talk about being there, done that before. Just yeah. a man exuding confidence and just supreme um, ability. I'm going to do a bit of a hod here, Keeney, and throw to you because as much as we're talking about Jake and, and how he's in the hot seat, let's talk about you. You've you've obviously loaded up very big for the last two seasons. It hasn't panned out for you. You've had the buy. You've been bundled out in straight sets both years. When you've got the players that you brought in, Dalvin Cook, 9.2, Diggs, 3.6, Adams, 2.5, uh, I mean, Everett, whatever. He wasn't a star. But you got those three stars specifically in to help you in these moments. And, yeah, it was a bit of a weird week. But uh, from memory, I don't think uh, I don't think Adams and Cook fired too big for you the other year as well. So how are you feeling um, after that letdown? Yeah, it's, it's disappointing. Look, I, to be honest, I'm not overly – like I think even Papa sort of asked me this week, are you going to blow it up? And, look – I, I I didn't have the the greatest year in terms of like you, you picture a, a scenario with Stafford and Wilson and it went about as bad as you could possibly imagine it ever going. Um, you know, JT's on IR, Pitts is on IR, Bateman's on IR, 
um, and the rest. Um, it was just one. I, I sort of put it down to it was a bit of an unlucky year. Um, didn't happen for me in the playoffs, but um, I'm not too concerned about competing again next year, put it that way. I think the pits on IR is a good narrative, but he obviously, regardless of IR, was yeah. was never a great start for you this year just because of their situation. You hope that's obviously going to get better. You hope that with Hackett getting fired, the Wilson situation is going to get better. Stafford, you hope with health situation, it's going to get better. I mean, you, you can shoot for upside. Um, you're right. You, you probably had the bad uh, or the short end of the stick in a lot of 50-50 situations. And, and, and I was still in the bye week. So bring on next year. Your division was shit. Yeah, it's a good point. It still will be, though. It's literally the one division that never gets spoken about. It's the weakest division. Let's let's put it out there. I mean, you're outnumbered in this podcast anyway, so we're going to argue that. But, uh, yeah, we've called it weakest division. Anyway, last week is last week. We, uh, we don't need to dwell any further on what took place. The only thing that matters is that the uh, two guests sitting here right now have made the Empire Bowl 3. Uh, it's only a short existence in this league, but boy, does it get a lot of excitement and buzz. Even for the other 10 members who aren't a part of this final, you are going to have 10 very keen onlookers, uh, obviously wanting different outcomes regardless. Maybe, Jake, you might be the villain this week, let's be honest. Um, everyone wanting might different be... outcomes? I reckon it's a pretty unanimous sort of want from the league Jake in wants, terms of outcomes. Jake wants a different outcome. Oh, than what the rest of the league wants. But uh, let's let's pump it up with a bit of a pre-game hype, shall we? You know, everybody thinks we found this broken-down horse and fixed him. But we didn't. He fixed us. Uh, O.J. Simpson was going to disguise himself. You look at O.J. Simpson over there, and he has a rather large head. It makes no sense. Uh, have you ladies seen my donkey? Who are you calling donkey? Oh, can I have some orange juice? Donkey? You're a... Stallion, baby! I can win it! Freshly squeezed. Always know if the juice is worth the squeeze. First time somebody calls you a horse, you punch him on the nose. Second time somebody calls you a horse, you call him a jerk. But the third time somebody calls you a horse, well, then perhaps it's time to go shopping for a saddle. It doesn't fit. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. And if that doesn't get anyone excited for Empire Bowl 3, I don't know what will. Uh, Just some little highlights there of the stallion... OJ's legal team matchup that we've got coming up, boys. Oof, and the I thought the parade was inspiring today. It's obviously the parade starts the day before the, the game kicks off and it was a nice day for it, Jim. A little bit of wind around, but I thought it was a pretty good turnout all in all. Um, but that's that montage's gotta get you fired up, Jimmer. That was brilliant, to be honest. I uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. It was actually it was better than the parade. There's no pubs in Mount Waverley, so I'm no, gonna have to start no. one. <laughs> well what would you what would you call oh. it? Oh, stallion bar. Yes. yes. Yeah, Hod brought, brought that fact up. No, no pubs in Mount Waverley. Will you, let's let's put it on the record, will you be the first person to open a pub in Mount Waverley if you get up this week? We'll call it the stables. I actually like that better. The stables. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Love it. And you can do it at the Mount Waverley car wash. <laughs> <laughs> let's, yes. fucking get, let's fucking get wasted. I'll take over the old kitten's car wash. Relocate it to Mount Waverley. Um, <laughs> yep. All right, so boys, big big matchup this week. Obviously, projections have got it close. Forty four percent to the Stallions with a one twenty point nine nine. Fifty six percent right now to the legal team at one thirty two. Obviously, 
changes I'm sure will happen between now and uh, when this is all said and done. There is un- there is a game though on tomorrow. It's Thursday night here. Um, there is one tomorrow, and, and I have a feeling, Jake, that it probably affects you quite a bit because you've got a decision to make early about two blokes uh, being Pollard and Zeke who are playing... And Schultz. And Schultz, three blokes then. But really with the Pollard and Zeke one, you've got a bit of an injury cloud. You've got to start that super flex. Um, you don't get the news on maybe some of the later games to come out. So what's your strategy going into that? Are you just going to back yourself in? You've I think for the last month it's been, you've just rolled with Pollard and Elliot. Are you just... Uh, not don't mess with a winning formula. Is that the the mentality you're going in with? Uh, I think I said it before. If Pollard's healthy, I'll roll with all three. Uh, if Pollard is not, he'll come out for Lockett or Juju in that flex slash super flex um, spot. Like I said, it's it's. I don't have many other options to be honest. But Pollard will 100 percent get the start if he plays. Even if he's limited, I'd rather take him limited because I think that without Derrick Henry most likely missing for the Titans, and they aren't very good. Hopefully Dallas can get up and run the ball and sort of wax between the two of them. Well, I was actually going to bring that up, and I actually got a maybe a differing opinion on that. Are you concerned at all, given the fact that Pollard is a, maybe a little questionable, if Dallas do go up big against the second-string Titans, they just put him on the sideline and say, you know what, you've had enough, Tony, get ready for next week. When we need you, maybe they rest Zeke too and bring in old Davis, the third stringer, comes in for a bit of work. Is there any of that sort of cross your mind? And is is that a worry? And also, what are you talking about? You've got no one else on your bench. You've got Najee Harris. You've got Singletary. You've got plenty of Rashad options. White. Rashad. Uh, yeah, you know, you're right. I've got more options. That will still not, not – none of them will start ahead of a um, – Pollard or Zeke if they're playing, if I'm honest. I, uh, Dallas are one of the only teams I don't get concerned about um, in terms of resting because they do tend to play as full strength as possible pretty much game in, game out. Uh, and they often uh, give up really big leads. So quite often all those guys are back in the game regardless. So uh, no, that'll be the way that it plays out. Najee Harris, obviously, which is not a bad little uh, inclusion, even though he hasn't had the greatest season. Uh, he's still uh, very, very capable and had much much better second half of the season than first half coming off that foot. So it uh, wouldn't be a bad one to possibly throw in there, but I don't think he's got a great matchup either. Can I just – I'll throw in just one little point just to, to counter your thinking there about the Cowboys, and let's just cast our mind back to the 27th of December, 2021. The Cowboys take on the Commanders – uh, score a few defensive touchdowns very early against a very ordinary side, which is a similar sort of matchup. Good defense against a bad offense. They went up 42 to 7 at halftime and benched every single starter. Do you have a feeling that this could be history repeating itself? And would you just be absolutely fuming sitting there going, here's a, a bloke who came in questionable? Let's not question he's got the talent, but is the situation with. Dallas, let's be honest, are probably in the box seat here. Is that just going to cast a little bit of doubt in your mind? Nah, it's an outlier. All right. Ooh, we're, we're trying. See. We're trying. Oh, we're trying. Oh, we're chipping away. <laughs> it's all this conspiring, and I'm like, no, it's fine. Speaking of uh, history repeating, I don't think there's anyone better to answer this question than yourself, Jake, having won from the six-seed spot. 
But do you believe in fate? Are you concerned about the man in front of you, about this path that he is on, taking down the number one seed, getting in with luck, fortune, however you want to call it? Are you concerned about Jim and the Stallions this week? Yeah, 100%. I, I have full faith that uh, Jim's got a squad capable of winning. We spoke about Jim and I spoke about this a lot pre-season that we both sort of considered ourselves a dark horse and we needed things to go our way. Obviously, that's sort of happened to a certain degree already. Things have gone our way to get to where we are. Uh, I'm, I'm stoked, genuinely, to uh, to be in the final with with Jim. And if Hertz plays, uh, I think that if this is. Uh, I think 44% is wrong. I would call it 60-40 the other way around. I think Jim's the actual favourite with Hertz players. <laughs> oh, I see what you're doing here. Well, what what I've heard throughout this episode is you and Jim have spoken a lot, so you're a lot better friends than what I thought you two were. Or is this just a, a respect thing for the biggest day of the year? Oh, I'm happy to answer this. No, we, we do chat about fantasy uh, borderline weekly. Borderline? Yep. Is that trade requests or just general chit-chat? A <laughs> uh, bit of both. <laughs> Borderline. Oh, bit mate. of both. On, Look, he likes to be better than the McMahons, let's put it that way. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fucking low bar, mate. <laughs> Righto. Uh, now, Jim, I've got a question uh, about your side coming in, and I know you're very, you're normally very honest. The week before, Juwan Johnson put up, he put up a real nice score, didn't he? Like two weeks ago, he put up a 20 or 5. 22. 22. 20. Yeah. Now, we, we chased the tight end points that week, and it didn't work out for you. The Hig Beast, as we've mentioned, put up a nice little 30-burger last week. I see you straight into the lineup this week in the grand final. I love where you're going. A, you're happy to start him, but B, you're also in a little pancake matchup where your opponent has Higby too. So I'm just thinking, are you okay if Higby goes off? for your dynasty league, if it does mean that you may be eating some pancakes in the other league? What do you think? Well, I'll answer that with, I, I like pancakes. So <laughs> I'm absolutely going to start Higby. Um, and I love to point chase. I'm pretty sure everyone's seen that throughout the year. Um, and, you know, the first week I didn't play him when Baker started because he didn't throw to him very much. But over the last couple of weeks, he's thrown to him eat. So it seems like a good matchup. And, um, you know, they've got some chemistry there. And, I'll keep that going. I'm just going to throw another tight end question your way, Jim. Is there any chance that we could see you rolling out the Tonyan Rogers stack this week and maybe just silence any doubters who thought that you overpaid for this bloke a couple of years ago? Well, it was last year, early last year. Feels it's almost a couple of years ago that you did that trade. Yep. Is this uh, is this a chance to just shut them all up? You roll the two out there and you just reap the benefits of the double stackage. There's, there's no chance. I uh, uh, Last year, I overpaid for him because he was playing okay. Uh, and this year, he's been fucking shit house. So I don't think I've started... Have I started him all year? I think I started him once. Um, and I think I lost that week. So I don't think I'll start him again. I'm a little conflicted here, boys. I'm, I'm jealous on one hand that you're taking all my tight end questions. But then I love that you're talking about Jim's tight end the whole time. So, Jim, <laughs> now, is there more at stake... In this grand final, in this very position right now, knowing that the Sunny Weaver Junior Division is ready to take on the world. And when I say world, I mean this dynasty league because there is a few up-and-coming teams. You've already got Camo, 
he's probably underperformed this year. He's got a pretty nice roster. Um, and then a couple of up-and-comers will call us. Uh, is there more at stake this week to take the chip, as uh, Jake has once called it, and whatever happens after that, who gives her? Maybe for the league, but uh, for me, I, I'm just happy to be here, I'll be honest. Spare me, Jim. Give us more than that. You're not just happy to be here. That's coach speak on Grand no, Final no. Week. I am very happy to be here. When I when Cup went down with his uh, season ender, I was like, I'm done. That's it. I'll trade him for two packets of chips in Samuel and Buddy Gamble uh, and whoever else. Oh, I'm the first that I ended up trading on. Um, and I, I was like, I'm done. Like this will this will be it. My my roster's fucking old. It's shit. And that that's how I felt pretty much halfway through the year when I started losing those games. And then I'm here, so I'm very happy to be here. Trust me. I know you're happy to be in your man cave because you're about sixteen darts deep and you're high as a kite right now. <laughs> Mate, you should see my pants. Well, we put you on camera for a reason. Give us a squeeze. <laughs> Uh, no, they're green. I'm wearing my pajamas. <laughs> quickly turn the camera off. There, it's interesting. We should let's go back to talking about tight ends because I need one. Well, <laughs> well a, bit, a bit loose, hey? just, just head on inside, big fella. Put it, put it up, put it up here, Igby. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, lost it. But love uh, it, Jim. I reckon, mate. My theory with all grand finals, no matter what sport it is, and if it's fantasy, it's fantasy, but. If you make a granny, fucking try and win one. Or you got You never know when you'll be back. So fucking fire up, Jim. Don't just be happy oh. to be there. Win the fucking ring, mate. You, you saying oh, that you have experience, I... Kenny? No, clearly not. Now, now that I'm now that I'm here, of course I, I uh, of course I'll try to win one. I'll, I'll try to win every week. That's isn't that the aim of fantasy? It is not for hard. You just, you just seemed, or you, it just felt like you were conceding a little bit, just happy to be there, and not, not too fussed with what the results spat out. But um, I'm, I'm hopeful you're a little bit more fired up than that. But it's interesting hearing you say that you thought your team was shit. Um, it's old, yada yada. Uh, but here I am. You've been known to pull a, a draft, a rookie draft, little uh, trade, and the 2026 first of the Gym City Stallions. Will no doubt be in in demand. They're red hot. Is it, is it is it a case of you'll be selling that pretty quickly again this year, or with the way you think your team is, are you going to hold on to that? Has Papa been in touch? Not yet, but it's one week at a time, boys. I I, I won't think about that until oh. probably a week or two out. Which which coaches did you hang out with all week and just uh, brush up on the oh. old coach speak? Just happy to be here, take it one week at a time. This is come on, sickening. mate, sickening. Oh, I saw I saw Ross Lyon at the at Barabin the other day. So yeah, you know, one swallow doesn't make I need a summer. Some more... <laughs> I did some more cliches, mate. Just tell it how it is. Just say I don't give a fuck how many times we message Jake. Your team can fuck off with your smug smile that you're here for the second time in three years, thinking that you're just gonna fucking walk it in. <laughs> Like a Saquon touchdown at the one yard line, fuck it, come on. No, so fire I, up. I genuinely don't think that, and I think Jake think, feels the same that it's a walk in the park for him. Uh, I think all year everyone's talked about Jake's depth, and obviously that's come into play now. But I reckon his depth looks a little bit shaky. I mean, he's mm. missing two quarterbacks. Uh, he's got some issues in terms of who he's going to play at, at running back. Cool. There's, Here we go. There's a few question marks there, and. Um, 
we got there, um, boys. Arguably, I've got a few question marks too, but I, I, I agree that if Hertz does play, I think it's a lot closer. Or yeah, a lot closer than than it says on on the projections. I've I've got one more final lineup decision that I want to ask you, Jim. And this one, this one sort of struck me. I see Corey Davis has wandered into your starting lineup now. He's coming off a little two-two at well, and a two-two at well the week before. What what's the motivation around old, starting old Corey Davis balls, please? I think Mike White's going to start, and he uh, he seems to throw his way a bit more than everybody else that that starts at that quarterback position. Uh, um, I think he's got a decent matchup this week, um, and he could be a bit of a boom or bust for me. He could be my Braxton. Oh, I love it. Now, what has Cordarrell done to you? Because he does not get a look in anymore, and he's drawn the cards. Uh, not the worst matchup. Is he out of favour at the st- at the stables? I think he's out of favour at Atlanta, to be honest. <laughs> Interesting. It's a fair call. Yeah. Eight, I mean, LG carries. had how many carries last week compared to, I think Pat- Patterson had eight. Yeah. And and LG looked pretty good, so I, I think they'd continue to roll with him, so... It's, uh, it'll be an interesting watch, but I agree. I think that that, that matchup or those two players have, have slowly sort of transitioned the other way as the year's gone on because Patterson looked unbelievable at the start of the year and he's just struggling to get touches. Let's flip it to your yep. side here, Jake, because I feel like you're just sitting there nice and quietly just listening to the narrative unfold around you. Be honest, how, how, uh, how late are you going to stay up tonight making your decisions for tomorrow's game? And then how late are you going to stay up on Sunday night making uh, decisions for the Monday matchups? Uh, luckily, I have a very, very early start tomorrow. So I'll be up anyway and very, very, very closely looking at the, uh, the availability of, of Pollard and then, and then probably the same for New Year's. I don't really plan on sleeping much this weekend anyway. So... Uh, <laughs> Uh, there'll be a lot of, and I must admit, I've probably opened the sleeper app 20 times per day. And that's no exaggeration. Just looking at every single bit of information that I could possibly find. I have looked at that flex and super flex spots a lot. I feel like I know the uh, gym's lineup as well. I, I wasn't overly surprised. I, I like the Corey uh, Davis with the white start. I'm a little bit nervous that Fournette is going to um, come back and bite me on the ass. Revenge game. A, yeah, a bit of a revenge game. And uh, even though like the only saving grace is that if Goff goes off, hopefully it's to Amun-Ra because that would be uh, a little bit um, – yeah, fortune, fortune – what did I say before? Fortune favours the brave. So I think there will be a couple of those mashups, and I'm really just looking for my J.D. McKissick to uh, slide into my superflex. <laughs> Speaking of uh, McKissed on the dick, what are you getting up to over New Year's there, you cheeky devil? <laughs> uh, no, not a lot, just a little cheeky house party here in Templestowe. Thanks for the invite. Be whiz. <laughs> so just confirming, if uh, Tyler Lockett doesn't go, it's is Juju next man up? And are you worried about a Denver defense who, quite frankly, were horrendous last week, but with a coaching change, I think they'll be fired up. Paddy Sertain maybe just bracketing him. Is there any doubts there? Uh, I still think 
Metcalf is the number one. So I think Sertain probably goes to Metcalf over Lockett. That tends to be the way that they operate. No, they're, they're playing the Jets. Denver are playing the Chiefs. Oh, sorry. Uh, nah, when Sertain had the Juju matchup last time they played and Juju had one of his best games of the year, he did have quite a heavy target share that game for whatever reason. I think he had 11 or 12 targets in the game. Um, so I'm not overly concerned about the matchup overall for Juju. Uh, he is plan plan B uh, as opposed to plan A. Lockett's plan A, though. Uh, and then, as you guys have touched on, I, I do have a little bit of flexibility if I want to roll with another running back instead. Um, my thoughts are to go with a wide receiver if possible just because they do have more upside and I've probably got a half-decent floor with the running backs that I've got around. So I'll probably try and play the receiver for hopefully that you know, touchdown uh, opportunity. There's uh, there's no question about the man's fantasy intel. A question off the cuff about Juju caught him by surprise and then just rattles off the stats. And I can confirm it was one of his better games. It was mm. a nine for 74 and a tutty on Patrick. So uh, well played, Jake. And just quickly, I'll throw in here because this caught me by surprise. I know he's had a good season, obviously, with his... Uh, Geno pairing. Tyler Lockett, currently wide receiver 12 from the season. That is an unbelievable... Yeah, and, and has it every year. And he's, missed, and he's missed games. And I tried offloading Tyler Lockett at the beginning of the year to anybody. Yeah. And I had zero interest. And he's basically um, been a lot of the reason why I've scored so consistently and put myself into playoffs. So I'm pretty happy that no one said yes. Yeah, it's worked out nicely. A little bit like Camo trying to get rid of Tour and... And no one mm. took him up on it, and it's actually worked <laughs> out all right for him. It's like me and Melvin Gordon, but it hasn't worked out very well for me. <laughs> I feel like everyone's gone on a whole different tangent with Lockett. Who's your Lockett, Keeney? Oh, fuck, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. Um, he, he, said, he said he was well over last week. I'm uh, struggling to believe that somehow. I think on that note, we, uh, we've topped the hour 14 mark just as I play this little diddly on the way out. Boys, not only have we appreciated you taking the time and, and sticking around here until midnight as we start to wrap up, um, just appreciate all of your insight, your thoughts, and, and clearly your commitment to this season because, as Jim pointed out, felt like... You know, the season was done, everything was falling apart, but you just stuck at it. Look where you are now. Obviously, Jake, everyone was talking about your team after the first or even the second season, I think it might have been, that your team was aging out, that you maybe needed to rethink, and you just did a little bit of a mini rebuild, and then you've got yourself back there quick smart. So cheers, boys, for coming on, and uh, I wish you both the best of luck. Obviously, from a, a narrative standpoint, I think the Sunny Weaver Junior Division, I'm just looking forward to seeing Hod run nude uh, down the streets of Brighton. Uh, just in excitement. Mount, for Mount the, Waverley. Oh, Mount Waverley, yeah, opening the pub, the, uh, the stables. The stables. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that narrative playing out, if it is to be the case, but otherwise a well-deserving two-time champ in the best division uh, if you get up there. So a narrative that works on both sides here, but... I'll, I'll throw to you first, Jake. Thanks for, for jumping on and, and being a guest, mate. Nah, thank you very, very much for having me. I'll, uh, I'll be a very, very gracious two-time champ. He called it. Just 
No other possible outcome. Predict Love it. Prediction, Jake. Prediction, Jake. Uh, 137 to 125. OJ win. And your MVP? Uh, ooh. Hope it's Amun-Ra. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like it. All right, Jim. There's a god. Oh, I was going to say, likewise to you, mate. Thanks for coming on and being a good sport and obviously giving us some insight about not only how you got here, but your season leading up to this. Give us your final thoughts. Obviously, you think it's going to go... Let's hope you think it's going to go your way. What's the final score and who's your MVP? Uh, 135-130. Jalen Hurts is my MVP. Yes. And he plays. And throws four touchdowns all to Devonta. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Keeney. Uh, well, yeah, I just want to reiterate, thanks for coming on, boys. It was a good little sesh we had tonight. And, uh, look, I think it's going to be a very uh, much-anticipated matchup this week, and I think a lot of the league's going to be very interested um, and two very popular league members, or at least one. Um, so looking forward to it. Um, I think OJ's legal team will be a two-time champ by the end of the week uh, in, a, in a tight game, I think. I think it's, I think it's a 10-point margin or so, so... Good luck to both, um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Pod, did we get a prediction from you there, Benny? No, we didn't. I uh, I was thinking you actually brought it up, Jim, that the off-season dark horse. I think you were almost the unanimous dark horse, and I'm going to roll with that because I reckon I had you as my dark horse, and here you are in the final, uh, and that's pretty great lengths I went to to get you into the final just to prove my dark horse to be correct. <laughs> but uh, let's let's go, no, nah, fuck it, let's go high scoring. I reckon it's going to be a 163 to 161 just in favour of the Stallions and I reckon that stack of Smith and Hertz is just going to be just glorious as a Philly fan for you to watch and also from a dynasty point of view. Hey, that would be an absolutely fitting end to a great season, boys. Grand final week, you cannot beat it. I've made a little holiday tradition of this EDL grand final. We, of course, had the McKist on the dick paparanurism in Moama. We had the Braxton experience in Yarrawonga where the cocks are longer. And this year, boys, I'm up north. I'm in Queensland. I'm in the Sunshine State with the sun god himself. I don't know how he's going to produce for you, Jake, because he's with me. At the Burley Pav. And I just enjoy this contrast we've got. It's David and Goliath, but for very different reasons. It's not the points or the teams. It's the following. Jim is Goliath here. Jim has absolutely everyone on his side behind him. It's the greatest division in world sport against Jake. And he's got his three Greek gods and a soggy biscuit. And on that note, it's the Stallions in a can of boys. Podcast over and out.